Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. It's the garage guys NASCAR podcast. The enjoy Illinois 300. One of the shortest races that turned to a long race but a great time is officially in the books. Kyle Busch hot box the competition. And now we have Sonoma, the road course in California, wine country. We're going to talk about some bets for that race, but not before we break down the entire weekend in NASCAR. It's the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. Dale, we are back from St. Louis. We, we, had a fan, we, we actually had a weekend for the first time in a long time. We were together, and we did a lot of cool shit. Yeah, I was look, St. Louis is a debatably I mean, some people don't like St. Louis. I think it's a cool place. I think where we were at is cool, but you can't dispute that the the activation and the effort put in by Worldwide Technology Raceway out there is second to none. Those guys and girls that work at that racetrack put on a hell of a show. Second consecutive sellout, amazing energy, a lot of race fans out there. I just, I just could not believe, even with it being like ninety degrees, like it was hot. But I, I, I'm just so amazed how captivated that area is with NASCAR. Like I really just, it was just something I would have never expected until they brought it back or brought the Cup Series there last year. And then usually, like. After a big, like I expect Nashville, right? Like we went to Nashville last year. It was packed. Our 2021, it was really packed. And then 2022, even before it started raining, not as packed. Like when we go to some of these markets, I feel like there's like a fizzle out from year one to year two because like the inaugural event is just bigger. There was just no fizzle out in this this weekend, this weekend's event. Like it was still super packed, super high energy, and a, a lot of passionate race fans and even just a lot of like casual people who were just interested and in the sport, like going to the sport. Cause we are going to the races. Like we talked to a bunch of people who just did not know a lot about NASCAR. They were just there because they were having fun. So really, really fun race weekend. And I, I can't be more appreciative of everybody at worldwide technology raceway for having us out there. That's the beauty of it. You know, it's a St. Louis is a gigantic sports town. I mean, you've got the Cardinals, you've got the soccer team that we didn't go to the game to. You've got the Blues. You don't have the Rams, but you do have a racetrack. There's NASCAR, IndyCar. It's one of the only tracks not owned by NASCAR in this whole deal, too, which is also still, in, in my opinion, a pretty big deal. So when you have a track like that, it really just shows the above and beyond that they do. And that's what I was saying while you were still talking was it really has become our home away from home. Everybody that's there at the track, all of the employees, you know, Chris Blair, one of the guys that really just, we, we, we took to him early on and he took to us. And the fact that they have us, they, they've had us there for IndyCar and now they've had us there for NASCAR means more than they will ever understand or know, even though I do think that they do know. But like you're saying, the the casual fan part of it, right? It's just, I think that people in St. Louis just come out in droves to vibe. And that was the big thing we talked about on Saturday and Sunday, because we did a lot of at-track content for Worldwide Technology Raceway. If you follow them on social media, you got to see some of the stuff that Dale and I put together this weekend. Uh, we had so much fun with these people. There's a great video on our Instagram right now at Garage Guys Racing. You can go watch collabed with Worldwide Technology Raceway where we were just interviewing fans, asking some generic questions. And 
you really do get that vibe. A lot of Ricky Bobby talk, which is, I love that. I love when I go to a track and it just a shit ton of people just dressed up like Ricky Bobby. Cause it, that's, that's Talladega. Right. And like when, when garage guys started my, I, all I knew was Talladega. I had never really been to any other racetrack. So I'm in the back of my mind thinking every track is like Dega. Well, you don't really have like, you know, the, the mass area that Talladega is, but packed into that midway area and in that infield, the people there are just, just wild for it. And so there's obviously a reason why they're back. They've sold out now two years in a row. I don't think it's going anywhere. And there's other racing going on here throughout the year. Like, I highly recommend everybody go to the Bomberito uh, IndyCar race. It's going to be later in this year. That IndyCar races on Oval are, are fantastic. But one of the main things that they do that I think is so unique and different, and I loved just feeling the burn on my face, was the fact that they set off these massive just bombs as the cars are pacing by. And it's just something that they do there, worldwide technology. Um, and, and I love it because you don't see that really anywhere else. And there's a lot we can talk about it, about the race, and, and we can get into that. And But, but really, mainly, the, the number one thing to focus on here is if you haven't been, you haven't went to St. Louis, you need to put this on your calendar for next year. You need to go. You have to be there to experience it not just for the racing for the vibe ballpark village area is really really nice too if you're like looking for something like outside or, or i guess more in the heart of like the downtown area the ballpark village area is really cool i had a i had a fun night saturday night going out and uh running around the town it was it was pretty fun and something i hadn't done in a minute honestly so that's a, a cool area in, in some places they've got casinos over the river. So there is a lot to do that. I really didn't, I just didn't realize that there was a lot of cool stuff to do in, in that area. It has such a bad rap just from the, the crime rate. You know, we, we see a lot of people chirping about that, but uh, it, there, it is fun. It is a fun area and there's crime everywhere. We go to new Orleans a lot. There's crime. Yeah, yeah, there was tweets but, out that somebody put where, like, I think it was, like, uh, Brett, uh, Spotter Brett on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his last name. Brett Griffin. Brett Griffin, Brett Griffin. Yeah, where he was kind of, like, talking about um, Chicago, and someone had quote tweeted, and it's like, you would think you would hear something like this, NASCAR going to one of the most dangerous cities in the world, and then someone's like, no, Baltimore is the most dangerous city in the world. Fucking three weeks ago. They're on the news here in Louisiana, New Orleans is the murder capital of the world. And that's what really made me realize, because I am a big advocate for telling people, people die everywhere. People get shot. Shit happens, okay? If you're living in fear and you're not going and venturing out to places, you know, like, what's the point of life? Like, you, you can either sit at home and be like that one guy from the movie Benchwarmers, Nick Swartzen's character that was afraid of the sun. You can be that guy. Or you can just go and experience it. We did. We lived. Had a great time. And like you're saying, the ballpark village area, just the downtown area in general, it's got this old industrial vibe to it. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the city itself or whatever, but it's a great place. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I really love St. Louis. And, yeah, you go from St. Louis, you go over a bridge, and you're in Illinois, and that's where the racetrack is, is in Illinois, Madison, Illinois. So like it's you're in like back and forth between two different states like it's just a really cool thing. Plus, shout out to the Mississippi River. Tom Sawyer rode on that thing, okay, on a on a wooden raft with Huck Finn. Legendary place, you know. Mark, I would have never, I I would have never learned about, and I don't even know if I have if I actually have, but I, I watched the Fairly Odd Parents, and I think I remember it teaching something about Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. I think so. I think I remember that episode, but for me, you know, I'm I'm a little older than you. It was Tom and Huck, the Disney movie, Tom and Huck with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Okay. Great film. Engine Joe, villain, trying to find the gold, just plotting and scheming on them. Everyone should check it out. If you like St. Louis, you like racing there, watch Tom and Huck. Great film. Interesting. Yeah. Gotta love an actor with three first names. Mm -hmm. um 
but the race itself, uh, trucks and cup, kind of a similar, similar vibe. It was difficult to pass. It was really hot. Not a lot of tire fall off. So I understand if people say they didn't enjoy the races. Like I, I get that. Um, the cup race was very similar to how it was last year. There was uh, some long green flag runs. Guys taking two tires to make strategy gains. Honestly, I'm shocked more people didn't because you could take two tires and hang around in the top five, even if your car like wasn't great. Uh, Michael McDowell, good example. Kyle Larson ran 15th the whole race, took two tires, and he finished third. So I'm shocked more guys didn't gamble on strategy. You had a little bit of chaos. Austin Cindric, Austin Dillon. Uh, a couple big wrecks that happened. And then we had this brake rotor issue that's really interesting. And I really don't know enough about, like, I'm not going to act like I'm knowledgeable about why it's happening or, uh, but I read on Twitter, like it's high speed straightaways. You hit like 170 miles per hour and you're braking really hard. So it's like a, a, a straightaway of a, of an intermediate and the turns of a short track kind of. And we talked about that. You know, I talked about that on, on Sirius XM and then on Dale Center, like a track that has characteristics of both intermediates, intermediates and short tracks. So it was still a compelling race. Kyle Bush opened at 12 to 1, grabbed that. I could finally say I hit an outright in the Cup Series. I feel like it's been 800 years. Congrats. Still didn't have a good betting weekend, which I never anymore because I, I just, I fucking suck right now. I don't know what to do i've lost my touch and i right now my goal these past couple days has been going back to my betting cards in 2022 and 2021 and 2020 and just kind of seeing like what was because i've lost i've had losing weekends this year because my unit allocations have been fucking amateur they just have and like given winning picks and then too many bad picks too many bad heavy plays I gotta I gotta cut this shit out, man. Cause you hit a 12 to 1 bet for race winner. I need to have a day like Greg Mathern had where he cleared like 14 units. Yeah, or so, 12 units every time an outright hits. That's the way to do it. That's the way you want to make it. You want to just set it up to where every whoever you have is just like 12 units every time. You know, it'll offset or whatever. It'll be fine. But I can tell you, I can tell you, I think what you need to do, and I think you got the best sign this weekend. You you finally hit an outright. You did it with Kyle Bush, also known aka Kyle Cush. It's time you should just sit back and and just you know try some of that Kyle Cush, dude. You should just not worry so much. You should just kind of let it flow, you know. Maybe get some three chi. Little little note out of my book, you know. Just relax. Don't don't think too hard on it, you know. What is um? Take up some gardening. Grow some Kyle Cush. Yeah, yeah, that I, that may not be a good that's, idea, but ask me if they got seeds, chia, chia seeds, maybe get it. Yeah, here I, while we're talking, I'm just gonna go on the three chia website. I just kind of want to look because so, that car looks great. I love car that car. Fantastic, and the fact that like I've already I tweeted and I and maybe you want to do it too. I don't know. I'm I don't make your choices of your wardrobe, but I've already made up my mind that like I'm I'm buying the Kyle Coast shirt. Like there's just I don't think we're ever gonna see a, another T-shirt where a NASCAR driver. Dude, it's been out for like a month. You, I know. Yeah, just buy it. I know. Like, but I finally like have decided like it's gonna happen now. You know what I mean? Because like, dude. I don't know what habit like I and I tweeted about the fact I didn't bet on Kyle Bush, so I had a complete L uh this weekend, but it was fine because we got to open for John Roberts and Kenny Wallace on Sunday. We did our first garage talk live with AJ Almondinger. Shout out to the Dinger. He didn't get the top ten that I had hoped for, but that's okay. He tried his best and he also I think he mentioned that, you know, he was he was just he was a little tired. But he tried, you know, and that's what counts. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I was just really excited about the vibe itself. You know, like you were talking about a lot of people didn't really care too much about the, the racing. You go there for the vibe and you have a good time. That's what I was there for. So when I did lose, I was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, it's cool to see Kyle Busch get the win. I'm glad you got uh, an outright to hit and clear. Uh, the thing that I missed, you know, I'm a big narrative guy. I completely missed the fact that Randall Burnett was from St. Louis. Completely. Didn't even know that was his hometown. And I'm hearing it as soon as I'm listening to MRN, like 
and, and I'm like, oh my God, like, how did I miss this yet again? It's always that little in-between fact that I'll miss when I'm making some of these bets. That's not even the big one, dude. Because Randall Burnett has been a crew chief, and he crew chief last year, and he's from St. Louis. So Yeah, but, but, but Kyle Busch almost won last year, too. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, well, maybe the car had something to do with it. And maybe it's, you know, it wasn't so much the car. And I know you said that, well, Tyler Reddick ran good in the eight here last year, too. I just completely wasn't I, – I did not have – Kyle Bush in my mind at all for this race. And then he goes and wins the poll. And I'm like, yeah, you fucked up. You probably should have had him in your mind. Cause I was all aboard the, the Dennis Hamlin train who finished, you know, second. I had good. early in the week. I had Bubba. Um, I had Seabell. Correct. Seabell is just dude, dude, Seabell game plan for dirt. We, I, I'm still on that train, dude. We got to get this man back dirt racing. I feel like it's just been a, a, a sad time for him a, as of late. I feel like the summer months are here. He's just itching to get into that sprint car. He's just he's ready to sling some dirt, and he can't do it. Next race that I bet him, I kind of just want to go outside of his hauler at like 5 in the morning or whenever he wakes up and just bring his speaker and just play Hell's Bells until he wakes up and comes outside you know he's out there giving like powerpoint presentations to people we saw him he he, yeah he was he was doing something with like dewalt or something but i'm telling you next time we bet on him let's go outside his hauler um we we could get arrested or thrown out maybe we'll see but we go outside his hauler we we get a big speaker like an old-fashioned speaker like what's that movie i feel like in old movies you would like hold up there was like a guy outside of a girl's house, like holding up a speaker. What you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the guy that is in Hot Tub Time Machine that plays him. Um, and I, why, what the fuck am I doing with my life right now? I can't, how can I not remember his name? John Cusack, yeah, John, John Cusack, John Cusack, yeah, yeah, okay, yes, I remember this. Uh, the famous movie, I think it was 1408, the horror movie about the hotel. That's a movie no one knows. Um, but yeah, it was like one of the first eighties movies, not 16 candles. It's not breakfast club, but yeah, he stands out there with the, the boom box, dude, the gray. Boom yes. Box. The boot. Yeah. That's what we need to do for C bell. I'm here. I'm here for that. But we are playing hell's bells base DC until it comes outside. And we don't even know him that well. So like, I feel like that would be a great way to, to like formally introduce ourselves. And then maybe he'll go on a date with us possibly i mean we could do it like that one time at Bristol <laughs> with the dirt remember where you took the we took the dirt you know we had to be the dirt we had to, to date the dirt like, oh yeah well you put on tyler raddick's car then he got fucking junked by briscoe on the last lap do you think do you think if i got one of the joe gibbs game plan for life pamphlets and just pasted his face on it and then just took a sharpie and started writing a lot of stuff about dirt he'd be insulted or do you think that he would be flattered to joe gibbs or christopher to Christopher and just said, I, Hey, I know that Joe Gibbs has a game plan for life. This is the Christopher Bell game plan for dirt. And we're just, gonna- I, I, th- I think as long as like a camera wasn't around, I think he would, I think he would laugh. Yeah. I think he'd be like, wow, this is stupid, but he'd be, he'd be smirking when he I said would, that. I would give it to, I would give it to Joe Gibbs. But the thing with that is like the, the only time I've ever met Joe Gibbs, like I went to shake his hand and he like got scared. He like jumped back. I don't think he's a big handshake guy. I'd have to like put it in a Ziploc and hand it to him probably. I held open a I held open a door for Richard Petty this weekend. Honestly, like, yeah, we we got to do the stage thing. I got to meet Rusty Wallace. We both got to talk to him. He was so fucking nice. He was so nice. So that was really cool. Um, I, I really didn't didn't know. I, I had a feeling Rusty would be really cool, but he was awesome. And we met Kenny Wallace too, who was awesome. The Herman. But I did hold open a door for Richard Petty, and he, he told me thank you, like totally by coincidence. That's a big deal. dude. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker was at the dude. Room. I know. And, and like you were out of there, and they were like, "Chris Tucker, he's he's on like four three. You should go see him. He's taking pictures with everybody." And I'm like, I just feel like this isn't information that should be given out to just anybody right now. Like you just don't you don't want to just go tell everybody that where Chris Tucker is. You know, like I'd have been okay not knowing where he was, but just knowing that he was there and then he was taking pictures with people. Dude, okay, like okay, there was a time. This is probably similar when me and you were running out of that in and out of that office, but. Somebody walked in and said, hey, there's a guy in a white suit out here. He's got a bunch of people around him. He looks important. And we had found out an hour before that that Chris Tucker was going to be there. And I heard a a white suit. I'm thinking, that's got to be Chris Tucker. I walk up, and the elevator had just taken off. 
like had just taken off and i was like damn i bet he was on the elevator i look on instagram um this morning and i saw a picture of chris tucker hanging out with tyler reddick he was wearing a white suit so now i'm sitting here like fuck me i'm just looking at pictures of chris tucker right now he wears white suits like everywhere dog like, that's what i thought that's what I, that's immediately what i said i was like wait i think chris tucker is like known for wearing a white suit and maybe not known for but like so just does it sometimes shirt? do you have a polka dot shirt on a black polka dot shirt um i don't know here go on tyler reddick's instagram store you'll see it it would be hilarious if he did because like that's like the poster for his netflix chris tucker live like oh so, i see yeah he would just be like he's like i'm gonna wear this so that these gen z fucks will know who i am he had some good uh he had some good good shades on too. He seems like a good shade guy, dude. Like it's Chris Tucker, bro. Like the the a legend of the game in comedy and rush hour. Oh man, dude, him and Jack. Yeah. Gale. Love rush hour, man. Dude, Love rush hour. Great time. But yeah, he was there. Who else who else was around? Like obviously Herm Herm got a lot of time in the booth too, man, because of the lightning delays that we had. There was like seventeen in one sitting. Like just like it just kept piling on. And then and then they also had like the uh the whole internet issue. AT and T fucked up, dropped the ball real bad. Um and so like dude, that it was a great day for T V time for Herm. I'll say that. Like that I mean like dude, that's like that's what he was waiting on, bro. Because like any time that there is a day where Herm can be on TV for an extended amount of time, that's a good day. That's true. Yeah. I think um Sunday was a weird day. It was a weird day with all the lightning and the you know, the it was God, it was long because of all these random it was just really random. It was it was a just a weird, weird day, a weird race. I talked about that break rotor issue that claimed a few victims of like Reddick and Gregson uh someone else i think it happened to bubba wallace too there was just like a i don't even know how to put this but the the race was still compelling and right now when i'm looking at on twitter what everybody's talking about i'm just going to go off on a tangent here into an an interesting subject is the the cindric uh the cindric austin dylan thing i don't know if you've seen all the replays but now we're in a spot. Maybe when this podcast drops, there will be a, a decision made if Austin Cindric gets suspended like Chase Elliott did last week. Um, but have you seen the replays of like the right hook that he gave? So I remember you and I were discussing it, and then I didn't watch the video, but I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw where like Austin Dillon was in an interview and he was calling for Cindric to be suspended. Um, but I, I remember I kind of just took your word for it at the time. I think I was like doing some stuff on the phone and I was just like, was it intentional? You were like, I think it was a racing deal. So I was like, okay, whatever. But I mean, if there is new footage and there is new evidence, you know, any, any day where Austin Cindric, uh, you know, gets, gets a little slap on the wrist because he disrespects book of road. Uh, you know, I'm, but that, that's cool with me. Dude, I literally took him off the, like I, I did a wall of Dale reset to try to bring some mojo back. Yeah. Uh, I left Truex in prison. He can't I just can't give him a free ride. And BJ McLeod was still sports god. Yeah, of course. Of course. But I took everybody else down. Like I took Cindric down. Like I gave him a break. And then he was a an absolute wrecking ball this weekend. Involved in several accidents. And in this case, this is not a bias deal. When I've looked at more, there's not really new footage. There's just like, this is something that's close where it takes slow-mo, you know, like it takes some really slowing down the video. I think he definitely did it on purpose, but we don't have the, the SMT data like that Denny gave us with Elliot. Plus Elliot's looked more flagrant. Mm -hmm. I think at the, based off where it happened on the racetrack, it may be a little tougher to say he did it on purpose. Because it was like heading right into turn one, like right before you get into turn one, he kind of, he veered left. And Dylan was also, Austin Dylan came up, he came up, stopped, and then Cindric turned left, a little premature. So I think it was kind of blatant, but I wonder if, or, you know, not blatant. I think it was intentional but I don't know if the video shows us that it's blatant enough to warrant a suspension. So this is why I'm curious, like that data that Denny made public last week, 
Like, is there anything that could maybe help us there? Like it did with the Elliot deal based off of the, the trajectory of his steering. I don't know. I'm really not sure. I think this puts NASCAR in a tough spot and it's like fucking can of worms with this shit happening. Right. It's Bubba and it's chase. And now it's, I don't think it's a problem that the drivers are policing this, this way. Um, but it is a, it's going to be a, an eyesore of a topic all the time. Like if you see right rear hooks that are borderline like this one, yeah. drivers are going to, is there's going to be uproar and drivers are going to be like, he should be suspended. So I'm kind of like, I'm watching it right now. Um, I mean, dude, he definitely, he definitely changed his name to Austin Cyrus. He came in like a wrecking ball for sure. Um, and then what really sucks about that? I mean, like, obviously like, you know, 83, great guy but ricky Stenhouse was caught up in that he was having a fantastic day he's having a great day dude and i hate to see that happen to him but yeah I'm, he was. I'm watching the slow-mo thing now and it just looks like he was just like i'm not i'm i'm not gonna just move out of the way like you're you're here i'm i'm here too like it was just kind of like let's play chicken see what happens and like you know unfortunately austin was caught there personally if i'm calling the eye test on this right now I think that that was just kind of like who's, you know, like Cendric's like, I'm not moving for you. And Dylan's like, you should move for me. And Cendric was like, no. And then that happened. So I don't know if it was really intentional. I think he was just. Well, like, you need to make sure you watch both angles. Yeah. There's an angle from the back and the front. And the front angle looks more like it's a Austin Dylan's fault. When you look at that back angle, Cendric clearly moves down like a couple lanes and clips them. I mean, maybe a centimeter or two like i'm I'm watching it here right now like on that back end one that you're talking about and i'm watching the front end one too the main thing i see is just austin dylan just smoking the shit out of ricky stenhouse so and I, i'm trying to to really see it's just so far back but yeah i don't it's hard to tell because he's so close i feel like he was just like i'm just gonna keep going straight dude like i'm not moving not lifting like figure it out so that's kind of how i see that and I hope I don't hurt, you know, 83's feelings or anybody else's feelings. It hurt my feelings because Ricky's day was done and Austin's day. But, yeah, I just personally, for me, I, it just looks like Austin was just like, I'm not getting out of the way. Like, I don't know what you're doing. So that, that's what I'll leave it at. I'm, it might be controversial, but that's what I'm seeing right now. I don't really, I don't really get that. Like, get out of his way. What do you mean? Like, he was on his inside and he was ahead of him on the inside. Like, he wasn't like – like, he moved up some. But he didn't like move directly in front of him. Like, it's like, I, why isn't this camera angle better? Like, why couldn't they just find a way to like zoom in on this? Because like, it's, it is hard. I, see, I do see what you're saying. Like, it's hard to really see back towards the back of it. And this is the Fox, this is a Fox NASCAR clip. The, the tweet is titled Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is done for the day after this one. And can we get a clip of, Austin Cendrick's view, you know, like where where's a clip of an onboard there? Where's where, all where's these the... onboard cameras and where do we access them? This should be public domain for everyone. I thought it was, but I, I feel like somebody would have posted something. I know, so, I know that like if you have media, if you have media credentials and and you have access to the online media center, you have select onboards. They will have like a select amount of drivers. I and this is why. I'm still advocating for a streaming service or package because this is what you could do with it. You pay for it. Just like you have a scanner, you can just ride along with your driver and you have every angle of every camera in there. But then again, unless we're being fully transparent to the world and we're not telling lies, we're not making up anything. Maybe they don't want all that to be out there for people. And maybe that's a team thing too. And you got to respect that, I guess. But at the same time, it's like in this situation, I'm, I'm with you if what you're saying is we should expect to see every piece of footage out in the public possible so that not only does the decision get to be made by the drivers, NASCAR, officials, whatever, but the people themselves can decide. Yeah, I'm looking at it again right now, too. Man, like if Cendric did it on purpose, he was pretty smart about it, right? He was pretty smart where he did it. 
I mean, that was a smooth criminal right there. Yes, it was. Definitely was. You got to give him a little bit of credit for that. If it was intentional, because like I said, he 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 played that one really well. So I personally don't want to give Austin Cedric that much credit because I, I just don't. I, I don't think I don't think he's a full blooded Rico Suave. I think that he was just he was just driving and he was just like sucks if you're in the way. So, man, I, I really don't know. I really don't know where I'm signed. Off of what we have, off of what we have, it's it's tough to tell. But I do want to mention this. So, you know, I had spoke about it. So, like, that that was, like, the drama last week, right, with, with Chase and Denny. We all could clearly see that that car went and moved, and then there was data backing to prove it. A suspension was granted. You hate to see Chase out. And shout-out to Chase Elliott, by the way. Man still went to the local Napa to go and do his meet and greet, even though he wasn't racing this week. That's a man of the people right there. So I don't care if you like Chase Elliott or you don't, shout out to the man for being there for his fans and the people. Um, but I, I'll say this much. If this starts happening like every week, like something like this, like me and the naked eye, I wouldn't think twice. But like I know that Austin's like calling for the suspension or whatever. It's like how many times could something like we just watched happen on a weekly basis? And is someone going to just call for suspension out every week because they feel that they got right? That's what I'm saying, man. It's, it is a, well, I, I don't disagree with the way of policing because it's such a dangerous act in the, in the spirit of competition. It does kind of open up a can of worms where we're kind of, I don't want to say crying wolf because I mean, there's more to that story. Like AD may have gotten in the, into the back of Cindric the lap before. And he was like, yeah, I got fucking retaliated against cause I bumped him. So I get it, but it does open like a really, really difficult can of worms for the sport because yeah. we've, we, we've gone with what I think is the correct precedent. But now this is what I was worried about. And I think I mentioned it last week, like getting a situation where it's not as clear. It's like 50, 50, now what do we do? My my deal is if NASCAR sides with the suspension or not, they need to they need to provide something to tell us why. They need to provide this is what we saw. Here's the clip. Here's what we watched. Here's the data that we looked at that told us that it was intentional. It was blatant. They just need to be like, please be specific about it. So let's talk about that. So this week. For sure, it sucks, right? Because when the internet issues happen, it screwed up all of the data. So we will not be able to have a clear read on anything and everything that went down. I saw a couple of people talking about that online. Wait, is that that's that's why? That's why? Because that was like later yeah. in the race. Apparently, no. Well, this this incident happened after the uh after way after yeah way after so yeah apparently once that happened it like completely screwed up like all of of that system or whatever like because they were talking about um i think they were talking about like how kyle bush was just like so fucking fast and how they're not going to be able to get a clear read maybe this is different though because maybe they will have that that was back online I don't know exactly what it was, but they were talking about how the teams aren't going to be able to get a 100% clear read with all of the data because of the hiccups that they had with the internet connection, because like that shit shut everything down. And yeah, that uh, makes sense. And that's, what's crazy is last week. The reason have you checked out dailydownforce.com yet? If you haven't, I want you to go right now to dailydownforce.com and get yourself some official garage guys merch if you consider yourself a true loyal garage fam member, then you're going to need to show it off to the world. You can buy yourself a garage guys rope hat, a garage guys trucker hat, an official garage guys t-shirt. And if you remember NASCAT from Auto Club, you can show how much you care by supporting NASCAR's Harambe, NASCAT. You can find betting articles each week from Dale Tanhart and NASCAR Titan Greg Mathern. It's got everything you need. DailyDownForce.com. Now back to the podcast. And that the report was up late was because of the fucking bandwidth issues with it, with my AT&T fiber. And now we're going to Worldwide Technology Raceway during a NASCAR race. And apparently the broadcast switches over to horse racing. Talk about mass confusion for drunk race fans at home. 
like real bad. Like you're watching cars, you get up to go grab a beer, you come back and then like sky's the limit and, and Mojo's tail are just going after it. Like on a one lapper, you know, down at the fairgrounds. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I bet my dad. Well, yeah, my dad, actually, I don't even think my dad was probably taking a nap when that happened. So he, usually if that how it happened. Usually if that happens, my dad's like text me. He's like, hey, what the fuck's going on? But I bet he, if he was awake, he would have been confused and upset Say, and what angry. What the hell? What the hell? That's that's yep. an accurate representation of, of my father and how he says, what the hell? Yeah, my yeah, my my dad's is a little closer, or a little little. Your dad, I could down a little bit on the southernness, but close to that. No, your dad, your dad definitely has a little more of a sophisticated accent about. So he's doing Sophist- sophisticated <laughs> is an overstatement. Southern yeah. sophisticated, you know. We we love we love Dad Dale Hart. Is, is that is that his name? Is Dad Dale Hart or is it? Or is it is no, it, Dale. It's Dale Dad Hart. Dale Dad Hart. That's right. I always get that one screwed up. But yeah, I, I think a great thing, even the, the data are not aside, I think that one thing that can be stated here in my warped brain is that Austin Cindric was driving the Tron car. If you've seen the movie Tron, Tron is for the user. He's not Clue. He's not a villain. Uh, even though Austin Cindric in real life is our villain, uh, the Tron car itself can do no harm. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm ready to... I'm ready to leave it at that and just I'm just curious to see I'm just curious to see what happens with this decision and that's it. I, I don't think nothing's gonna come from it, but I will be waiting and I will be watching. So um moving forward from there, they like I said, Ricky Stenhouse had a fantastic race. Um, you know, really would have been cool to see Ryan Blaney get that back to back. William Byron looked like he was having a shot for a moment. Some stuff happened. Another big story was Corey LaJoy was in the nine. And a lot of people are giving man shit for not running in the top 20, like all race day long. And and this is how I feel about this. It was, you know, you definitely want to hit your marks on big opportunities like that, but it's one race. It's one race. Things can happen. And maybe, you know, for a guy like Corey, Corey definitely has tracks that he has way more strength at than others. So, I, I just feel like things weren't really shaking out like from the jump well uh, with, with the whole thing, but it was cool to get to see him have that opportunity and do that. But, you know, Hendrick was not good here last year. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. Hendrick. I need to chill out on Corey, man. People are like fucking just ragging the man. And it's like, bro, like, what did you expect? Like if Hendrick wasn't good here last year, you know, William Byron has just been good pretty much everywhere because of Rudy Fugel and the boys and because of his own driving skill this year. They've got a really great team, and I think that they're on a, a possible Final Four run for sure, possible championship run. So when it comes to, to this whole situation, it's like I, I just don't think that we can just base it all on this one thing for Corey like because they were saying, oh, dude, Carson Hosfar was doing better than seven. It's like, and he unfortunately wrecked out, you know, pretty early in the race. Like the man got an opportunity and a big one at that. He's been waiting on this for a long time. Wrote a letter to Jimmy Johnson, like two years ago, like stop giving the man shit. What do you expect him to do? Get in the nine car and go win a race. I I, I just don't get it. Yes. That's exactly what they're expecting. That's exactly what they're expecting. But somebody asked in the discord that question. And I, that's exactly what I pointed to. I was like, I'm curious to just see how Hendrick Motorsports unloads because they're really bad here last year and you just don't have an accurate track comparison to this one to maybe make some gains. Like if you're bad at Phoenix, you've got a couple Richmond races, you got a New Hampshire race and you can use data from those tracks and say, okay, this is how we're, we can be better at Phoenix. For this racetrack, I just really can't see what accurate comparison there is to make improvements. So you're there last year, and then you're here this year, and we ran the intermediate package, not the short track package. Mm-hmm. So that adds another screw in all this, and it, it was a it, it was a very um, recurring topic throughout the the betting. Uh, our community uh, regarding bets this weekend and um, Kyle Bush was the the OG play shout out to Greg 
And for the and for the exact reasons he was the first play of the week is are the reasons why he fucking won. So I think this race was very close to what it was last year. We just the brake rotor thing scares me. We kind of need to figure that out because that has to be the that has to be like a package thing, right? I think well, it's 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 just a part issue. I think it's a part issue, and and hopefully it happened it, 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 right. Isn't this the first race that we've seen this, or am I wrong there? Uh, brake rotors exploding like that's something that is doesn't happen often. I don't know if it's happened. If it has happened in the Gen Seven era, it didn't happen at a race where it happened multiple. Like it didn't occur multiple times in one race where it was clearly the problem. This is the first time that's happened. That's why I was thinking it has to be something to do with the track size and the package that is being ran on this track. So that's why maybe it's just a little bit too much of of an overload or too much force. Yeah. Regardless, like our manufacturers and NASCAR need to figure out what the issue is and get it fixed because that's a hazard. Like a fucking piece of Gragson's, and I wanted to say real quick, Hosevar was impressive. Hosevar was really good, was able to pass. He was doing a hell of a job running like 15th when he was the first guy that blew a brake rotor and crashed. But Gragson's brake rotor, a piece of it hit a fan in the stands, dude. And that fan probably had 100, that fan looked like he had 118 beers. Like didn't even feel it. Yeah, dude. Like it, it, I remember you showing me the picture of that, and I'm, I'm like, where did he get hit? Because like, dude, his, right in the I, fucking I, chest, dude. In the face, I didn't know if he had him in the chest, dude, because he looked like he was like, he looked like he had just woke up from a coma, honestly. So, uh, you know, good for him being okay. And then I saw where Noah was like, we'll make this right. I'm interested to see what he did to make it right. And I'm also interested to see if that man was sober the next day. No, no chance. Can't be. But, I mean, you're talking about Chase Elliott, a man of the people. There's no doubt Noah Gragson. He, I mean, he is literally, other than being successful in, in winning races, uh, he is well known for being a man of the people. So I, I figured it didn't surprise me at all that he tweeted at him. Because that, that's all, that is a, that's kind of scary for a part to, uh, to uh, hit hit a fan like that, and of course, it's so weird, right? Like two weeks in a row, like you have the tire at Indy that goes up into the fan area, and then this happens the next week in NASCAR. It's so weird, like when shit piles on, and the same kind of theme happens back to back weeks. In this case, not a good theme at all, and that is what's scary to me about the brake rotor deal. Other than safety for the cars and the drivers, but when these would explode parts are flying everywhere dude like a fucking shit ton of debris was coming off of them so then you could you know inadvertently get the fan involved in this which did happen luckily it happened to a couple guys that did not give a fuck and noah gragson was there to help them out so they're gonna have to like that i i don't know if they do it already they're gonna have to like get some waivers like in your ticket purchase or something next year like basically well, don't they already have that though like we already saying yeah yeah they probably already have it like when you purchase like you're accepting full responsibility of anything that happens to you um but at the same time like you, you just don't you, i haven't heard of a brake rotor exploding all year so yeah that's that's kind of one of those i think that that really had to do with just the package and the track itself but um i'm more worried about the the part the yeah. fucking manufacturers need to give us something more durable you know like let, let's go figure out where you know these these shr you know black market parts are coming from Let, let's diversify yeah right <laughs> maybe, maybe it's time maybe it's you time know who else you know who else is looking for a part like that it's fucking brad keselowski oh dude he's driving around him. a 2002 dodge durango on like lap four dude like literally we he were sitting in that cool part. he was on the yeah part. That was your your shit that you said about it. He was like, he's he's driving. The, sounds like this the golf cart we're driving or something like that. We were sitting in that cool like suite turn. That's which were awesome seats. Holy shit! Like you're right up on the competition, yet you're like kind of up high and you're in like a nice area. We were in those suites for watching a good bit of the race uh, on out of turn four and early because I had I had bets on Brad K. Like he was an emphasis play. Because of the track position game. Like, you know damn well 
if he had a car that was decent, he would have been one of the few guys that was taking two tires, taking no tires to get track position because he is a gambler. And we know that now literally like unlike lap eight or lap 10, you hear a car go by, you're like, boom, 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 boom. And then you hear Brad's car come by and it's like, boom, 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 boom. Like it was clearly, I noticed it so early and I was already like, motherfucker, he's dropped a cylinder or something has happened with his engine. And then I look up Twitter and people are starting to talk about it more and more. He would be, be happy to use some, probably some black market parts, parts, or would have been happy to use some for this last race. And dude, he owns um, 3D printers, so like he could probably just make them anytime. He should just start 3D printing parts and just maybe, them. yeah, he could take over NASCAR. These are these plastic 3D printed brake rotors. Yeah, maybe try that. Maybe try that. See how that works. You know, who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe a good idea. We'll just see. Hit the wall immediately. <laughs> just right, dude. Yeah, it's over. Well, at least plastic. If it, if it, if it blew up, wouldn't hurt the people as much. I look. I, I stand. For, I, I added Brad K because it was his 500th career start. So shout out to to Brad for the 500th career start. That was the narrative that I went with. Should have should have just took the Randall Burnett and the. Fact oh oh, that just, that just reminded me because we went off topic. Uh, the crazy narrative deal with Kyle Busch, which would have never realized until the race is over. Uh huh. Um. Twelve years ago today. Or not today, but 12 years ago on race day was when Kyle Bush and Richard Childress got in that very uh, infamous fight where Richard Childress put him in a headlock and started beating on him. The hold my watch deal is what they call it, which is why our Richard Childress like gave him that watch whenever he signed with RCR, like as his signing bonus, you know? Okay. That was that was on June 4th to the date. 12 years to the date. Yeah. Wow. See, and then he wins for him. I think that it's very important that we like we need to just hire somebody to be uh, our the garage guys narrative historian. So if anyone's listening to this right now wants to get a, an internship paid in uh, in ramen noodles, um, you know, on my timeline, like whenever I can get them to you. I don't go to the post office much, but I'll try. Uh, I, you know, shrimp, beef, pork, whatever your flavor of choice. If you want to accept an internship as the garage guy's narrative historian and come up with all of these things that we need to be paying attention to before we bet, you know, definitely hit us up in the discord. We, we will hire it. You will be paid in ramen whenever I can get to mail them to you. And I will mail you a pack of ramen. That is a guarantee. I don't know when it will be, but it will be at some point. So we're hiring for that now because we need to be able to keep up with this more. I feel like this, and maybe we need to just buy maybe we need to just go ahead and just get a domain and just make a website like a really shitty website like from like 1998 um and and just have all of these facts like in little file folders um i think that that would be important and i think that it could be very useful for our bets because these narrative plays i'm telling you got narrative plays are where it's at they're working they're working out here i mean you got Kyle Bush just hot boxing the competition you know, and, and and like you said, you've got you've got all the narratives. They hit the Randall Burnett. That one is a little bit more of a reason to do it because it is this this weird scenario. So it was just kind of like you know it came full circle. But huge shout out to Kyle Bush for that. Also, before we do move into talking a little bit about the uh, the odds for Sonoma, the Toyota owner, what is it? Toyota Save Mark uh, two fifty, I believe, is the name of the race. Three fifty. Uh, so 350 there we go i was thinking about ford f-250s for some reason um i did want to say i don't know if you saw this on instagram or not where you're talking about the chase elliott deal there is a gigantic chase elliott fan that has been very well known out there on the nascar twitter machine uh he's known for walking into his bathtub and throwing coke cans all over his head like pouring sodas all over his head oh yeah i know you're talking about his name is rj this man has stumbled upon into the Garage Guys universe, and he is now watching Dale Center. He's listening to the podcast. He's watching the report. And I got tagged in a video on Instagram today where it was his first bet on NASCAR the week that his driver is out. He took the advice. He bet on Kyle Busch, and he was just doing these celebrations in his bathtub. He's saying, I won money. 
He bet on he bet on Kyle Bush. That would have never happened because he probably is going to bet on Chase Elliott every week of his life. But now that he, RJ is in the Garage Guys universe, he won money because he bet on Kyle Bush. Because hell of a start. Yeah, no, I, we appreciate him. We appreciate him for that. And now he'll get to get to see Chase Elliott back at Sonoma this weekend, who I think is a good bet. But yeah, no, that's cool. I, I've I've met him. He um what track was it at i was doing something and he stopped me he 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 knew me from tiktok which is typically where most people most casual race fans which hey, he's not a casual race media fan. guy yeah which he's not a casual race fan he's he's big time but he recognized me from tiktok and took a picture with me maybe it was earlier this year or into last year somewhere but really nice dude and his his videos are fucking hilarious so i'm happy to see that he he jumped in on uh and that that's if i can't win money even though i gave like a right pick there i hope someone else did because of advice i gave so um i I had to say though i finally i've been on uh serious xm with pete pistoni like four times now three or four times Mm -hmm. And I finally gave that winner because Pete asked me, he was like, do you think Kyle Busch is still worth it at seven to one, eight to one? I was like, yes, I do. Like if I didn't have him at 12 to one, I would bet him right now, even at seven to one, eight to one. So hopefully I helped people win money, even though I still uh, took a beating in the, in the 401k portfolio. I love that. Yeah. So uh, you, you said, let's go ahead and move over here. We're going to wrap up. Um, but the the race in Sonoma, which by the way, Apple unveiled their new iOS or their new software. It's called Sonoma, and also uh, what looked to be futuristic Dale Earnhardt uh, in car goggles that are VR. Yeah, I've had mine for like eight years. I've already I've already jumped the curb on the Apple technology guy, dude. Back to the future. You got the DeLorean. I need. They can't even which they those Apple ones. They can't see the air like I can in mine. They're yeah. already like showing off like Formula One cars with them. Like they're already off on the wrong foot. Um, so they need to figure that shit out quick. But let's talk about the actual Sonoma, the race. You said you're liking Chase Elliott. I'm seeing his odds right now, at like uh, five and a half to one on Barstool, and then on Caesars, it looks like he's four, four and a half to one. Yeah, I think um, if you go back and watch this race last year, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott started up front and they they led a lot of laps they were kind of the guys to beat uh up until they both took themselves out of the race kyle larson took himself out of the race because they just made a bad strategy call cliff daniels thought that they could win stage one start in the back and still make their way back up to the front and that was not the case because this package has been uh and it's tweaked a little bit from what it was last year but still difficult to pass and then larson self-inflicted error and then pit road error chase elliott pitted from the lead after larson had his strategy miscue elliott pits from the lead and has like a 25 second pit stop and that kills his chances but we've seen at sonoma probably three of the last four sonoma races have been uh hendrick motorsports having a couple of the cars to beat so i'm gonna just try to simplify this weekend as much as possible i've already bet on elliot and larson at plus 550 now larson moved after i placed my bet he's now at least at this time that we're recording five to one on barstool and i think on caesars he's a little better than that plus 525 so i'm i'm riding both of them if if either one of those guys opened at four to one i probably wouldn't bet it i think that's a little too expensive five plus 550 plus 525 Plus 500 is the lowest I would go for either one of those guys. I, I just have a feeling they're going to both qualify up in the top three, up in the top five, keep their track position because now you don't have the stage issues that you've had in years past at road courses. Remember, when the stage ends, we still stay green. So there's going to be way less strategy on doing this undercut so you don't have to pit when a stage caution comes out. So the natural flow of road courses is back. Um, and you can go back, go back and watch Coda if you want to remember how that played out at that race. So that's a big element here. 
I'm it, super it, excited about that. Dude. That's the big thing that I was going to bring up is the fact it, yeah, that it, this is the first road course race technically for Chase this year, correct? He he wasn't at Circuit of the Americas. Right, yeah, Jordan Taylor was racing. Yeah, so sure. in the beginning of the season, if you, if you go to Garage Guys NASCAR Podcast YouTube, you can see the Chase Elliott Garage Talk we had earlier in the year. He was the first driver that touched the book of road, basically guaranteeing him to get a win on road. You have to bet on Chase Elliott because he touched the book of road. So I will be betting him at five and a half to one on Barstool. I'm going to go ahead and log that now just because he was the first driver to touch book of road. He's, he's here for road redemption. It's the road to redemption on road in Sonoma. This is the weekend. It has to get done. Um, so I do everything you're saying there though, is, is definitely the most common sense thing that should ever be said for road course races when it comes to those guys. Um, I want to teeter outside of the common sense circle for a second. And I want to just take a look at a guy that I feel that is probably maybe going to get overlooked a little bit this week. And I kind of like where the odds are. And you were talking about like, we we won't be there we won't be there to do hell's bells but i kind of want to bet on chris bell at 22 to 1 on barstool just because toyota seems like you know they're they're off to not 22 to 1 by the way i'm gonna go to caesars because he's 25 to 1 over there um but but toyota seems like they've kind of gotten something figured out tyler reddick did very well uh, at Coda, he won Coda. I know he'll be a big betting favorite. I don't know. I just kind of something is is making me want to just throw a little change down on Seabell. Yeah, well, remember guy. he won the Roval, and um, he was running like top five in this race. I think late before he had he got spun out or or something happened because at Coda. He would, we went to like three overtimes. I think you remember that. It was a fucking shit show at the end. But, but C Bell has been a good road racer overall. And I don't think I'm on him, but I don't hate that price. I think that's a pretty decent price to get him at. I, I like the price is nice. And also, I don't know why, but you, everybody that's listening to the show for, for longer than a year knows where i was last year with c bell like he was a child we don't bet on children you know he's grown he's a man now um and 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 i kind of sympathize with him with dirt thing so i feel like i'm kind of like in chris bell's corner now you know i'm not gonna call him christopher bell i'm gonna call him chris bell he's a man um so he's not christopher robin from winnie the pooh so i think that uh you know i don't really know because like he definitely does have the young look like i could definitely see him possibly going to grab a Capri Sun in victory lane other than a wine glass. But also at the same time, he probably would drink wine. I think that that would be the move. Um, so I, I like him. I like him here. And I think that he might be slept on. And I don't know why I'm feeling this. I don't know why I wanted to do it, but I, I want to do it. And, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. And I'm ready for top 10 bets to come out uh, because I'm, I'm going to place a lot. I'm gonna do a lot of top tens this week. I already know that. Uh, I um success Dakota with top tens. I'm coming back for top ten on road. I also like Kevin Harvick this weekend. So I got three bets logged right now that are placed. Kevin Harvick has seen some crazy line movement uh, since the jump. He opened at like forty to one on a couple books. He was thirty five to one. I jumped on there when I read the that he was down to thirty to one. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Shout out to the Discord for letting me know. But I read that he was 30 to 1. I get on there, and I get it in at, at 28 to 1. Um, because Caesars had dropped to 25 to 1. I missed that boat. I look over on Barstool. He's sitting at 28 to 1. So I love Kevin Harvick. I would bet him outright down to 20 to 1. And Barstool is now at 25 to 1. I don't know what Caesars is at. But Kevin Harvick, six of his last seven races here, in the top 10 he won here in 2017 this is by far his best road course harvick is awesome at this racetrack was a winning contender here last year in the gen 7 which a lot of people were uh were were worried how he would be in the new car at this racetrack last year ran top five he started 23rd 
and was able to pass a lot of cars and run top five in that race. So I love Kevin Harvick for a good value play. I'd bet him down to 20 to one. I got 28 to one, but he's still sitting there right now for anybody to get 25 to one right on Barcelona Sportsbook. So I think there's going to be more opportunity as well. Looking at guys like Michael McDowell, I'm honestly waiting. Like the, the suspension deal with Cindric, if it happens or not, is interesting because be careful. From what I've seen, if you bet on an outright on Barcelona Sportsbook and then that driver's out, you lose that bet. They don't void like other they don't void like other books. That's a real all book. action is action. So it's a real book right there. Wait on Austin Cindric because if he gets suspended, you could fuck yourself. Um Scary. but don't make money. I like Austin Cindric at 20 to 1, 18 to 1. You can get that on books. I think Cindric's gonna be good if he's racing. Then Michael McDowell, 33 to 1. Another thing about Sonoma last year, RFK was really good. Chris Busher had a potential winning race car and finished second to Suarez. And Brad Kay finished 10th. And I went back and watched that race today. Brad Kay was aggressive in strategy, which due to the stage breaks kind of helped him be a little aggressive and, and different. But he did, he was aggressive in the final round of pit stops. Caution comes out, he gets fresh tires, and he was passing guys left and right at the end of that race and got a top 10. So Brad K 50, 60 to 1, sucks at new road courses. But Sonoma, where they were really good here last year, keep an eye on Brad K, Chris Busher, maybe some top forward plays. There's a lot of forward guys I like for some for some props this weekend. And once they all start dropping the props, manufacturer props, top tens. Could be some action on uh, a couple of those guys I just mentioned. A little worried about that action. I like it. Look, there, there's all the usual suspects there. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about like Chastain or Almendinger or whatever. I just wanted to get out the two plays that, that I definitely have right now. They're gonna have plenty of more, and you know where to find those. That's on the Action app. If you don't have the Action app, you need to go get it. And the way to download it is by going into the description on this podcast and clicking both of those links, mine and Dale's. You click both of them. You follow us. You're going to be informed. That's how you stay in the know, okay? That's how you figure out how to win money. Look what RJ did this weekend. Chase Elliott was out. He didn't bet on him. He listened. He, he probably checked the action app, and he had a great time dousing himself with, with Coke cans in a bathtub because he won with Kyle Busch. This weekend, you could do the same thing. However you want to celebrate it, you could. It could it could go either way anyway, but the Action app is the only way to make it happen. So make sure you check that out. But um, unless you have any other thing that you need to, to, to get off your chest or say about this upcoming race or anything that happened, um, I have one final thing that I want to say before we dip. And Joey Logano, 40 to 1. I just noticed that. That looks kind of that just feels crazy to me. That just feels crazy. Forty to one for Logano. You know what feels crazy? Probably his hair on his head. Yeah, that too. It definitely should. But yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. All right. Well, that's that. There's going to be plenty more. Like I said on the action app. Make sure you watch Dale Center at the end of the week, um, and then just keep up with us on social media. You know where to follow me at Garage Guy Chase. You follow Dale at Dale Tanhart collectively at Garage Guys FS on Twitter and at Garage Guys Racing on other social media platforms. But the last thing I wanted to say, I just wanted to give another huge thank you to the entire Worldwide Technology Raceway team, uh, Chris Blair, uh, Kenny, John, Rusty, everybody that made this weekend special. The fan, shout out to to my guys, Matt and, uh, and, and Josh, and I'm going to leave it at that. Those two guys, I'm not going to say last names, but they know who they are. I got to see them. Always good to see people at the races that we know that, that are, that are big, big chilling and big support. So uh, shout out to the people and, and shout out to worldwide technology raceway. And um, this has been a good show. I'm ready for road. I'm ready to go get back on road with Gucci and Drake. And I want to say one more thing, just to add on to that. Mm -hmm. John Roberts, who ran NASCAR race day for the speed channel for forever. Mm -hmm. Like so good on TV, always smiling. Like, a lot of times you see those guys and then you meet them in person. 
you know, and, and they're fake, right? Like they're they're so smiley on TV. They're very good on camera. And then you meet them and they're like not the same person. John Roberts is the nicest motherfucking person I think I've ever met in my life. I'm not even exaggerating. John Roberts is the most polite, down-to-earth guy for a guy that's been on TV and radio for as long as he has contributing to the sport and being A-plus at it. Literally the the nicest guy I've ever met. Like, I can't can't even exaggerate that. So polite. He is a real, genuine human being, and, and pretty much everybody that was out there that we were around, that's what I love about that place and the people that they have there to represent them and represent the fans and, and the actual event is everyone that was in that whole circle of, of stuff was just real, genuine human beings. And uh, and I'm glad that we got to be a part of that circle because I, I'm, I consider myself a real, genuine human being. I think you are a real, genuine human being. Um, and it, it's just good to be around real, genuine human beings because there are a lot of people that are not that, that are that are that are fake as fuck. So don't like those people. Love real, genuine human beings. Real, genuine human beings. I turned into a Bud Light commercial or a Budweiser commercial real quick. Um, yeah, very very well, nice. This is the end of the show, as you can tell. Um, it has been a uh, it's been a crazy weekend, and let's get ready to go bag some fucking NASCAR betting cards. If you can do that. And I'll buy a bottle of wine with my winnings. Yep. I'll get Chris Bell some Capri Sun, but I'll, I'll maybe may, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to child. I'm not going to call him a child. I, I think Chris Bell, if he does win the race <laughs> this weekend, it's kind of funny though. I'll, I'll, I'll get him a is. Capri Sun. It is. I would get I would get him a Capri Sun, but I feel like I should upgrade. I think that he should come out with like a box of Franzia. Like he should come out with like a box of wine. I feel like he'd be a big box wine guy. But maybe it's just a box of Capri Sun. Wine, wine for Children by Chris Bell. Yeah. Kids drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. No, no, Hell's Bell. We're going to the we're going to the hauler and we're playing A C D C. All right, that's how we're going to end this podcast. Ready? One, two, three. And then you got to do the... Good job. No, no, no. no, That's it. Just go listen to the song. It's a lot better than what you just heard.